this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. Today, I'm ready to receive the incorruptible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. I'll never be the same again. Come on. In Jesus' name, amen. Now your best shout ever. <laughs> that was a good shout. John chapter 14, and we'll start in verse 25. This is Jesus talking. He said, I am telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends me a sin, I forgot how to read for a second. Thank you. Sorry, Pastor Mark. Verse 26. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. Thank you, Ryan. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, if, you're, if you're a guest or new, it might be just a little different today than normal because I want to do, uh, I want to share my heart rather than just preach a message. Is that okay? I, I pray when it's over that you, you leave blessed and I pray that it inspires you and I pray that it brings you peace. Let's jump right in. Here's the thought of what I want to talk about today. What you think about Jesus, this is every week, who he is and what he says matters greatly and this is what I want to hold to today. And he requires us to move forward. He requires it. I wish I could just sit idle and do nothing and wait on him to come back and pray that the rapture gets me out of this God-forsaken planet. But he requires me to move. Uh, I did not know Michael was going to sing this is a move today, but I think we, we really, really like God to move, but we don't like him to tell us to move. I'm like, come on, Lord, miracles happen when you move. And he's like, dude, I can't do a miracle because you won't move. Uh, and so anytime we talk about moving forward, there are challenges, and that's what I want to talk about, and I want to tell you why. I want to talk about moving forward because 10 years, Robin and I have been on this corner, and in the last five months, we've seen extraordinary growth, and we're adding five new families, second service, and um, I think I, I usually don't count, but people count, and I think we can sit like 203 people in this sanctuary, and we're at 165, 170 on first service and 180, 90 second service and running out of room and moving forward is scary. And so I just want to talk to you from a shepherd's heart 
of the challenges of what we've got to do in this generation. Let's look at what Jesus said. Ryan read it well. Here it is. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of the world approaches and he has no power over me, meaning that while we're on the planet, there's always a power that works against us. I wish I could say that the devil's not working against us, but he does his best to work against us through culture, through people, through events, circumstances. But, here's, what, here's the hard part. But I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know. So there are things that God requires of us, and he wants the world to know it, and he requires these things. So that I love the Father, and then I put this in pink, because this is what jumped out at me this week. With all the pressure that's facing Jesus and his disciples, he says, all right, come on, let's get going. And I think that phrase, come on, let's get going, challenges a lot of who we are. It, it challenges the, the anxieties and the uh-ohs and the past experiences and the what's been going on in my life previous versus now. So I put this thought down. It may challenge you. <clears throat> Here's the thought. Sometimes it's just easier to talk about the kingdom because we validate the excuses to eliminate the requirement of moving forward. So we just talk about it. We talk about our last church. We talk about our last preacher. We talk about the last experiences. We talk about the last revival, the last good time, the last time I really enjoyed church. We talk about the music we sang. We talk about the sermon that was preached. Uh, and then maybe go a step further and, and hit a like button and share it. But I've noticed in my own life, it's just easier to talk than move. And talking makes you feel godly, especially when you tag scripture to it and devotion to it. But the reality is you just go in circles and never accomplish anything. And do you know, I don't have time to preach on this, maybe one day. Do you know that you can see miracles after miracles but never go anywhere? Do you know that they saw a miracle every day in the wilderness of manna but they got nowhere? They just went in circles. How could you get a miracle a day and still go in circles? Forty years of going in circles. Forty years of miracles happen when you move. But nothing changes. I'm still a jerk. My marriage is still broken. I still have addictions. I'm still bitter at my last church. I still don't like my last preacher. I'm skeptical. I mean, I want God to move, but if he does, I'm skeptical. So, I would like to say, so what if you get a miracle? If you don't move, God gave them a miracle. Their shoes didn't even wear out. Come on, somebody. Can you imagine wearing your Adidas for 40 years and they never wear out? I just got these shoes Christmas and I'm already having to polish them. I'm like, Lord Jesus. 40 years their shoes don't wear out. 40 years miracle eating every day and for 40 years they, they went nowhere. In circles. I grew up Pentecostal, meaning this. Services went two, three hours. You just started when the Holy Ghost said start, and you quit when the Holy Ghost said quit. Because if you quit at a time, like we're going to quit at nine, you limited God. 
would you feel if your boss treated you that way? I need you here at 7. Well, when do I get off? Well, whenever the Holy Ghost says. You don't even want that on your job, but you want that in church? You want to just go till eternity because the longer we go past the hour, the more Holy Ghost is in the room? I grew up in a Pentecostal, Spirit-filled church. We had church every night, literally. It was a revival center. Every night. And people, because we're Spirit-filled, people jerked, fell in the floor. Lay hands on them. Bam! And, and then somebody's Imagine. Imagine so many people fall out that your ministry is the cloth lady. Like, that's what you do. I've been here 10 years. Not one blooming person in this room's ever fell out. And I'll tell you why. Because I ain't got nobody catching you. So you better make sure it's God. I don't mind if you fall out. But it, if you hit the ground, it ain't my fault. I don't want to be sued if you get hurt. That was your fault. And if it's God, you won't get hurt. But it's a lot easier to fall out when you look behind you and go, okay, she's got me. <laughs> Unless you're a big woman, and then it's like, I better make sure there's two people. <laughs> it really does change an atmosphere when nobody's catching you. But I watched people speak in tongues. I watched them get baptized in the Spirit. I watched them fall out in the Holy Ghost. But their life never moved anywhere. Never changed. Same problems, same brokenness, but jerking and twitching and shouting and hooping and hollering, but nothing changed. Because they, they, want, they want the power without the frustration of having to move forward. I want the manna, but I don't want to go have to fight a giant. I, I, want, I don't want my shoes to wear out, but I don't want to go march around Jericho. So what I would like to say to us as a shepherd, I do not want to live and come and just preach a sermon to make you happy. I want to move the kingdom forward. Because the world is moving forward. They're gaining ground. It seems like every hour they gain ground. And, uh, you know, and I'll say this before I jump into it. I got no ego in this fight. I'm going to preach my heart out whether there's ten or a thousand. And, and uh, you know, that's want to share that with you. So here's the scripture. I, I think another thought. Those of you that have been here a while, I got this thought when we went through COVID and we shut down the church. And I got really bothered that in a time of hurt and hopelessness and fear and anxiety, the church was meeting and filming from a basement while we sat home and watched YouTube. And I know we had to for a while because the government asked us, and I didn't mind doing my part to help the nation. I mean, that's welcome to living in the nation. But after a while, I began to think, well, dear God, I'd rather help God's kingdom than help Trump or Biden. I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather go back and have church. Well, what if you get sick? Well, then I don't believe he's a healing God. So I was wrestling with that, and I came up with this because I was looking at our 12 acres out here. 
I drove up one day, and we, you know, it was growing up, just grass. Somebody's got to mow it. Thank God for Scott that mows it. And, uh, and I, I, I just looked at it, and I thought, God, I don't want to die mowing grass. Twelve acres of land, and I'm going to die mowing grass? And uh, I mean, God, I don't want Scott to die mowing grass. Because <laughs> I ain't mowing grass. I did all that. Goodbye. And then I made this decision. I told God, walking up the sidewalk, I said, God, as long as I'm on the planet, I want to swing for the fences. Meaning, and I, I try to post this a lot in my social media because about 10 people follow me. And so <laughs> I want to inspire the 10. I often say, because I'll post something about transgenders or LGBTQ or Disney's now got two girls kissing on their new show and you know, and, and the world's just throwing, and I'm, I'm okay. Like, it's the world. What do you expect? You, you think they're out there reading King James Bible? No. They do what they do, and they do what they do well. But rather than whining about them doing what they do well, I want to do what I do well. I want to do the kingdom well. And I don't want to apologize. Disney didn't call me and say, hey, in our new cartoon, we got two girls, the her heroines kissing another girl. Are you okay with that, preacher? They didn't call me. They don't even care if I like it or not. And if I don't like it, they'll just cut my social media off. So it made me go, well, well that's the way I want to live. I don't want to apologize to anybody. If you get your feelings hurt because I'm preaching the gospel and living the, the narrow way, I'm sorry. I'm going to swing for the fences. So that's kind of what was going on in my heart. And in that period of time, this is what I put together. It's called The Church I See, and it's a class we offer now, but it came out of a desperation of, um, I had just sat still. I wasn't moving forward. I mean, the church was doing good. People were coming, and people were happy on Sunday, but I would sit in the basement. My office is in the basement downstairs. They feel like that's the best place for me. <laughs> <laughs> And so, uh, come visit me down there. It's like a pawn shop. I'd love to have you. <laughs> so I was, I was sitting in my basement, and I was thinking, you know, the church is good. Like, I had a lot of friends here. We have a good testimony. Uh, and I was happy. Like, I felt like I could die and retire and, and just be content. And Michael came into my room and put a book, and it said, Vivid Vision. He said, Pastor, or he didn't call me Pastor. He said, Mark, I feel like you need to read this. And, He's my son-in-law. And I said, thank you, buddy, I will. And I opened it up, and I read the introduction, and I, I said, I've already done this. I did this when I was in seminary in 1990. I was dreaming about what God would do with my life. I was asking God, how, you, how would you use me for my generation? In, excuse me, 1990. And so I started digging through my drawer and looking, and I found the zip drive, and I, I plugged it into my computer, and it was about seven, eight years old since I had written it. And, and I, I just I, I pulled it up on my computer, and here's all these things that I had written. And I started crying, and he said, he said, Mark, that, Pastor Mark, that's what's in your heart. You need to get that out. And so I put it all together. I typed it all out. There's 65 points of things that I felt in my heart God had called me to do. And I looked at it and I thought, yeah, this is impossible. There's no way. I'd rather just sing about God moving than because this is going to require effort, prayer, money, help. 
And I, I gave it to God and I said, God, there's no way I can do this. You're going to have to just tell me what to do. And he said, don't worry about it. You just preach me and I'm going to send you help. If you're here today, God sent you here to help. There's something for you to do. And I'm not just talking about for here. I, I, I need help here. We need help here. But I'm just talking about the kingdom. Kingdom needs you. So we do a class. Uh, we do a class every week, every week or so. Uh, it's on the QR code called The Church I See. But Pastor Phil runs through the whole thing and teaches about it. But, but that's kind of what I put together with the thought of that's so bodaciously bold. I don't know if it could ever happen. By Lord, I'm going to quit making excuses and going in circles. And, and when they lay me to rest, man, I'm going to go out with no more energy, no more sweat, with calluses on my feet because I'm going to do my best to take the gospel to my world. Yes. And I try to inspire you to do that to wherever your world is, wherever you're 50 feet. But let's jump into it because this is what I want to say. I think Jesus was smart enough to know that before anybody can move with him, you have to have peace. Before he said, come on, fellas, let's get going, he said, here, I need to give you a gift of peace. Because one thing I've noticed, he's, I'll read it. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift of peace of mind and heart and the peace I give you the world can't. So, in other words, so before you, before you take a step to move forward, he said, I just need you to know you can't move forward afraid. And you can't move forward with a troubled heart. So he said, the first thing you need is peace. And as I was praying for us this week, asking God, what should I share? This is where I said it may be a little different. I felt God put in my heart. I ran it past Phil and Robin and just people I trust. I called Chris and just said, hey, you know, I feel this. Pray over it. I want to do what God wants. But I felt like as a shepherd of this house... Rather than me just jumping up here barking, we're going to change the world. Pick up a chore. Get plugged in. Get in a groove. Let me burn you out on every end. I felt like I would just rather stand as, as a shepherd and a dad and just say, can I offer you some peace? This corner is the 50 feet God gave me and Robin. If God's called you to help in our 50 feet, I'm glad. But you also have a 50 feet. Amen. And I want to help you do yours too. If we, if we all work together and we put our 50 feet together, we can cover a lot of ground. Amen. You can go places I can't go. I can go places you can't go. But if we all go boldly, we can, we can do it. So I want to give you a gift of peace. Don't be troubled or afraid. So what I'd like to do today is I'm going to deal with two things I'm going to deal with the trouble that I think could be brewing in us and then offer you some shepherdly peace. Is that okay? Here's the first trouble. I've had many conversations around this. So Jesus understood that a requirement of let's get going would turn into a gift of peace and forward is difficult if you're troubled and afraid. So here's the first bit of trouble I want to address and then offer you some peace. I'm afraid as Believer's Church grows larger, we will stop being relational and become more commercial. And I'm saying these because I've had these conversations, not in bad ways, but people are concerned like, oh God, oh, 
our last church went through the same thing. There goes Mark. You'll have to go through 15 people just to have a meeting with him. Won't be able to text him anymore. He'll start giving out the book God's Armor Bearer. I had to do that book in seminary. It feels good. He'll have people carrying his Bibles. He'll get a little parking spot reserved for pastor. He'll have him a little apprentice that runs around, captures all the crazy people for him. So I want to just put you at peace. I have always been relational. I have no desire to change. I checked my phone last night. I have 3,183 contacts in my phone of people that I talk to, not just in this church. I get texts from people in Pittsburgh, texts from people in Austin, Texas, texts from people in California, texts from people in Florida. Through my years as I've made relationships with people, I'll get a text, hey Mark, Pastor Mark, Hey, I hate to bother you. I know it's 10.30 at night, but you say, can you pray? And I'm like, absolutely. I don't know, but I think most of you in the room probably have my cell phone. I say that all the time. It's not like I'm trying to hide from anybody. And listen, to help you out, I don't go home and wake up on Monday and go, God, I just hate my job. <laughs> Jesus, people, people, people. I'm not out there having to smoke weed to take the edge off. <laughs> I smoked weed once in high school, didn't go well, told God I'd never do it again, I hadn't. <laughs> Somebody offered me a gummy one time, I said, get me behind me, Satan. <laughs> You're not going to trick me. <laughs> but you really... Be honest, you, you really think because more people come, I'm just going to suddenly not care about people? All my life, I've loved people. I love the journey I'm on. I love coming here. I love lunches. I love helping people. I love counseling people. I, here's the honest truth. I'm going to be as gut level honest as I can. I can think of two people in 33 years of ministry that I wish I'd never met. <laughs> I am a people person, but those two, ah, those two, Lord, if you'd just move them on out of my church, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> so I'm not acting like I love everybody. But for the most part, come on. Do you, do you think I'm suddenly just going to say, Rosa... Honey, I don't have time for a text call to you. Gary, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm just too busy to text you to see how you're doing this week. Umar, sorry, buddy. Appreciate you, but can't do meatloaf with you anymore, Jamie. Sorry about that. It's not going to work. Hey, Todd, man, don't, don't text me. I don't have time. Good guitar playing, but I'm never going to comment again on how good of a guitar player you are. <laughs> I don't have time. Best bread maker. I don't even know where your wife is, but she makes the best bread ever. <laughs> I'll be so important now I won't be able to buy her bread. But thank you. Is that really how this goes down? 
But I feel like, this is just me getting it off my chest, I feel like many times you put the sins of other pastors on me. And that's not fair. I don't know how people treated you in the past. I don't know what your ex did to you. I don't know what the last elder did to you. I don't know what the last shepherd did to you. I don't know if they were corporate or family. All I ask is when you come in the door, before you judge us, just give me a little grace. I will probably forget your name because I think the last count, there were nearly 400 people a week coming. So if I walk up and go, dude, yo, like I did with Gary. I said, yo, Mark. He goes, I'm not Mark, you are. And I'm like, ah, God. (laughs) I said, yeah, that's right. You're like my brother. You're Gary. And if I walk up to you and go, oh, brother, I love you. You know I don't know your name. And the moment I call you brother, just go, he doesn't know my name. And just, just help me and tell me. Just go again. Remember, my name is. I just told you nine times, and I go, God, I know, but just tell me again, I'll get it. Or if you want a text message during the week and say, Hey, if you ever think about me, give me your number. I will text you if I'm thinking about you, and I typically at a red light when I'm frustrated, just start thinking about you and send you a text message. So, here's what I'd like to give you some peace. I'm not going to stop being me, which is relational, but I can't do it all by myself. I can't text 2,000 people. If, If I texted 400 of you that are here now, I texted one person a day, you would each get one text a year. So there's no way, even Jesus being the Son of God said, I can't do it, I need at least 12 of you to help me. And then the 12 turned into 120. And then the... So if relationship matters to you, then you start texting people. You start calling people. You start caring about people. And if we all do it together, we can grow an incredible church that is relational as relational as long. And I think we can make a big difference. I think we can show that you can move forward and maintain relationship if rather than whining, we just all text and love each other, help each other. And just know this, we're all human. We, we have good days and bad days too. I do too. And typically my bad days are i got to teach Genesis. <laughs> but I will, thank you. I will say this. I'm 57, and I have no desire in front of me to stop being who God made me to be because I like me. I like how God made me. I like that I'm a little bit ADHD on one hand. I like that I'm kind of redneck on one hand. I like that I'm also educated enough to have good conversations on one hand. I like that I live with all women and understand women for about an hour. I like who I am. I like that I feel like I'm in shape, but when I watch myself back on camera, I look pregnant. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) So all I want you to do is, why don't you just love who you are, be who you are, and let's just grow this thing together with God, and I think we'll do well. Second troubled heart, Well, there goes the Holy Spirit. 
Every growing church always sacrifices power for production. Ah, you can't even move forward. There goes the Holy Ghost. Next, I know, I just tell you, next thing, next thing, they're going to darken the windows, have smoke machines, and them dad blame lights all in my face. I can't even focus. My last church, the Holy Ghost was moving, and then all of a sudden, smoke machines came in. And everything was, you better sing within 15 minutes or else. As if, as if you can't be organized and spirit-filled at the same time. That is the most, uh, I ain't going to go there. Everywhere else in the world, if they're not organized, you're irritated. My God, they said there's opening at 10 o'clock. It's Disney World. When are they going to open? Everywhere organizes. Even Amazon organizes your shipments on the way. Awesome, awesome. My shipment's on the way. Your shipment's in Alaska. Oh, awesome. My shipment's in Alaska. Your shipment's been delivered to the Austell unit. Oh, my shipment's in Austell. Four days later, your shipment's still in Austell. God, why is my your your shipment's been delivered? What? Delivered? Anybody seen an Amazon? Hey, they just said they delivered it. They did. No, they didn't. Okay, no, they didn't. It's still on the that irritates you, right? It does me. But when we come to church, oh, I just want it to flow. Oh, just let it flow, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. If they did that at school and you're waiting in line to pick your kids up and the principal comes on, dear teachers, we're, we felt to honor God. We're just going to let it flow. It's 3.15, but we're just going to give God time. We're going to give God time. We're going to give God time to move. Just give him time. Give him time. 3.15, but the bell's rung, but just ignore the bell because we want to give God room to move. You would be irritated. You'd be like, I'm damn blame out here waiting on my kid. What do you mean the Holy Ghost is moving? We got to get him to football practice. But come on Sunday. And oh my God, if we're organized, the Holy Spirit's gone. It's ludicrous. Every time God moved, he organized. Hey, you want to see a miracle? Go sit them in groups of 50 and watch what I do. Organization never stops the Holy Spirit. I'll throw this to you. In all my years of serving God, I have never thought, let me hire an outside consultant to come tell me how to grow my church. But every Sunday morning riding down I-20, I'm like, God, man, Holy Ghost, come do something. Show up. I don't care. I got my sermon ready, but if you want to turn left, I'll turn left. You want to stop, I'll stop. I just want you to have your way. I, have, I went to a spirit-filled university because I, the Holy Spirit mattered to me. I knew education's great, but I wanted an education, a graduate school degree with the Holy Spirit in it. So I don't feel like I'm going to go home and think, you know, 57 years of living with the Holy Spirit, peace out. I'm just going to do my thing because I think I can manage this better than he can. So please, let's don't think as we grow that the Holy Spirit's just going to leave the house. Or that I'm going to be saying we don't need the Holy Spirit. I'm desperate for the Holy Spirit to move. But here's the thing I've learned about the Holy Spirit. Oh, he's really subjective. Because, listen, how do you know he moves or not? 
Well, in my old Pentecostal church, the longer the service, he's moving. The more people out in the floor, he's moving. That was how it was presented. If there's more activity, more running, more shouting, more clapping, more hooping, more hollering, the Holy Ghost is in the room. There have been times I have gone to Monterey on Sunday thinking, that was the worst service. That message just bombed. I didn't even feel any anointing on it. I don't even know how I've never preached that again. And then five minutes later, Pastor Mark, dude, that message rocked my world. It's exactly what I needed to hear. You have no idea. It was like you were in my bedroom listening to a conversation that I had. So did the Holy Ghost show up or not? Because I didn't feel like he did. I didn't feel like he showed up that day. I didn't see anything major, nothing. It was kind of a boring church service. The music was in, uh, and there was really, I didn't feel an anointing in the service. But, but who are we as humans to say the Holy Ghost did or did not work? Because he might be working deep down in somebody's gut that never even unfolds their arms. Just sitting there staring, and the Holy Ghost is down there. And we over there judging it. Well, that was just the most boring church every day I ever had in my life. They didn't even take time to pray for people today. Like, like really, if, if I ask all of us in the room, me included, how do you know the Holy Ghost shows up? I will get 152 different answers. Some of us love it loud, some like amen and some like hooping, some like sweat, some like people on the floor, some like altar calls. So if we're going to be spirit-filled and say we're spirit-filled, then let's just give the Holy Ghost room to do whatever that means to Him. And some days that may mean we jump and we shout and we run and we Jericho march around the 12 acres blowing a shofar. And other days it just may be your arms are folded and it just kind of felt mundane. But it doesn't matter if it's mundane or not because I don't know what the Holy Spirit's doing behind closed doors. I had to learn to live that way because I would beat myself up if it wasn't hyped up, if it wasn't spunky, if it wasn't energy. you got to have momentum. And then I realized, what am I doing? Trying to have momentum and energy in the room. I don't need energy. We've got, if, if we're here, he's here. You don't even have to feel him and he's here. <laughs> That's kind of the way I live now. I'm like, oh, it's good or bad, but you were here. So I don't always know what God is doing. I don't, I'm not always in the know of, well, this is what I think the Lord is doing. But um, I want to try to find something for you that I think, I'll have to see. I don't know. I may have already gotten rid of it and erased it, but... Um, but I thought this was interesting. Just give me a second. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> so does God, the Holy Spirit work? I, I, it's somewhere on my email. I'll find it. Second service, you can watch that one. We'll post that one. <laughs> but the email went like this. Pastor Mark, thank you so much. I've been out of church quite a while. And I've just been looking for somewhere to call home. I visited Believer's Church. I was very skeptical. But when I walked in the door, 
I could tell the power of the Holy Spirit was there. What you spoke to me touched my heart and I said, I've got to go back again. I've come back again. I'm now in my third time coming back. And I want you to know every time I come in the door, I feel the presence of God. Every time you speak, I hear God. It's renewed my hope in church. And then they're going to make this place their home. So how do we know the Holy Ghost is working? I don't know. He changes hearts. He... So let's don't be too judgmental about whether He shows up or doesn't. Let's just believe that every time we come, He's coming and He'll show up and He'll touch hearts. So this is what I'd like to say to bring you peace of mind. Um, those who believed what Peter said were added to that day about 3,000 people. God added 3,000 people in one day to the church, not because He went out and got wisdom on how do I grow my church. God didn't bring in a consultant and say, look, I'm really thinking about growing the church. What do you think we ought to do? God just showed up in power and 3,000 people came in. So this is the scripture there. I'll give you another scripture. 3,000 were added, but as the believers multiplied rapidly, there were mumblings of discontentment. That shows you it's hard for people to move forward. The Greek-speaking people complained, and so here's how they addressed it. Verse 3 at the bottom. And so brothers select seven men who are well-respected, full of the Spirit and wisdom, and we'll give them a responsibility. The goal is not, are we going to have to try to grow? The goal is, if we're Spirit-led, we will grow. Holy Spirit power always attracts people. The Holy Spirit will grow the church. We do not have to grow the church. The Holy Spirit grows His church. If we're having to sit around a table going, all right, y'all give me the best plan of how to grow this thing, then we've naturally thought that growth is on our shoulders. It's not. Growth is on His shoulders. All we have to do is watch, have responsibility. So here's what I'm trying to do as a shepherd. We don't have to sacrifice the Holy Spirit to grow the church. Holy Spirit power is what grows the church. We plant and water and we'll let God bring the growth. So that's all we got to do is just give God space to move. And so this is my peace of mind to you as a shepherd and what I'm trying to do. The result of a Spirit-filled church is growth. I, Mark, am going to continue to live Spirit-filled. I will appoint leaders who are spirit-filled and I simply ask that you live spirit-filled. It's very unfair to come and go, I want to watch the Holy Ghost move on Sunday and I'm just going to see if he moves. But then you walk out the door, how would you feel? It's just me trying to be honest. How would you feel if you woke up on Monday morning, got in your car and I'm in the back seat with my arms folded? And you said, what are you doing? And I said, oh, just going to work to see if you flow in the Holy Ghost. Just like you come to my church to see if I'm flowing, I thought I'd just see how well you do Monday through Saturday. And if you're going to judge me on an hour, I just want to go to work with you and just see how well you flow. Would you like that? I guarantee if I showed up, you'd act different that day. You'd be texting at the red light, preacher's in the back seat of my car. Give me something real quick on how to own my 50 feet. Oh, wait, wait, there's a homeless man here at the red light. Hang on, I'm going to give him a dollar. And you look, you look in the mirror to make sure I see, and like, you're like. <laughs> I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying it seems really unfair 
that we'll come to a church and want a church to be spirit-filled, but we don't judge our own selves. If you want us to be spirit-filled, you need to live it. And if you live spirit-filled and you show up to church spirit-filled, we'll be a spirit-filled church. So that's enough of that. I feel like, no, don't tell me that. You Carla's like, preach it. I'm like, no, Carla, it's 1040. Don't ask me to do that. We'll be here to two. Oh, I can preach it, but I'm going to hold off. <laughs> the next troubled heart, and I, I say this is probably mine. Growth scares me because I really like it the way it is. I left a big church for a smaller church, and I don't want to become bigger. I like knowing Reginald sits right there. I like knowing Rose's one seat away from him so she doesn't have to elbow him too much. <laughs> You're welcome. I like that Trisha comes and is new here and always shares with me how much she loves it and likes it. I like knowing you. I like texting Daniel, going, praying for you, love you, hope you do it. I like, I like watching his sweet bride run through the trails wishing it was me. So I will say, I like it small too. I, I like knowing you. I like following you on Instagram. I like watching your birthday parties. I enjoy that. I mean, it just it pumps me up. It makes me feel good. But if I'm not careful, I will like that more than I like new people coming to know God. And I will like my family more than I like adding lost people because it just upsets the apple cart. <sighs> and I was praying about this, and this is the scripture God gave me. While they were there, this is Mary and Joseph, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn a son, and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Do you know what the death of most churches in America are? And they're dying pretty quickly. They're dying off fairly quickly. It's because churches stagnate and no new people are being born again. Water baptisms come to a halt. The meatloaf potluck means more than lost people. My chair is more important than somebody taking it from me. I don't want to have to go early to find a parking spot. I like coming in five minutes late and there's plenty of room. I like knowing everybody. Well, if, if we're not careful, we will let our issues of small stop us from being missional Christians. How would you have felt? You wouldn't even be here today if the 120 thought, Oh, glory, what was that? I don't know. I just said something. It was awesome. If they would have stayed in the upper room and thought, this is great, there's 120 of us, nobody's going to mess it up, and God's like, what in the Sam Hill are y'all doing? Get out of the upper room and go to the street. Amen. Now, if you go to the street, it gets messy. Because 120 turns into 3,000, and 3 turns into 8,000, and because they went to the streets, you're sitting here today worshiping Jesus. Amen. The death of Christianity is when we get comfortable. It's the death. No new faces because it's scary. So I wrote this down as the thoughts and the bring you peace. At what point here at the church 
do we like telling lost people, hey, thanks for coming, but we're full. A hurting marriage, hey, appreciate you coming, but we don't have any room for you, we're full. Two weeks ago, in the second service, because all of our junior high students sit over here, we had people standing on the back wall with nowhere to sit because there were no chairs. Hey, we're sorry, no vacancy here, you're just going to have to go to another church. Because here's the weird thing about the guy that was the innkeeper, won't preach this Christmas sermon, but this is a good thought. He had it made. Every room in his inn is full. He's, he's banking some money. His dream is happening. His inn is filled up. It's tax season. He's making more money. Wife is happy. Everything. And then baby God in the womb of Mary shows up on his front porch. And, and because he wasn't ready for God to show up, he had no room. And I always said this. I always said, no, you, you had a room. It was just your own. Now, I'm not asking you to kick everybody else out, but you own the hotel, bro. I'm carrying God. Why can't we have your room? And when I read that, I thought, never let me stand in front of God and go, I was comfortable and our church was full and I had to turn people away who were really wanting more of God because when God showed up, I didn't make room for Him. So this is the peace of mind I'd like to give you. I want to spend my years making room for God. All I'm asking you to do is swing for the fences and make room for God. On the, on the card here, on the QR code, I'd like you to, as you go out today, I'd like you to scan it. And at the very front of that, you're going to see something where we're making room for God. We're adding a third service the week after Easter. So we're going to open up 100, 211 more seats will open up, uh, and we're going to do it at 115. So we're going to do 915 for those that are, have no children and wake up at 4 in the morning. <laughs> Burl. <laughs> we're going to have an 1115 for those of you that feel guilty and want to get your life going before lunch, but you have children and you always come in. 115 is for all of us that have kids who just really don't even want to make them get up. So we're just going to offer you three, bam, 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 bam. 915, 1115, and 115, and we're just going to make room for God. I don't know who's coming. I don't know what we're going to do. Um, and some... And then we got good preachers here, right? And we got a whole slew of them. So I said, well, what are you going to do? You preaching all three? I'm like, yeah. I love what I do. It's like asking a golfer, you going to go golf again? Yeah. You just played 18 holes. I'm going to play 36. So all I ask is this. If you want to make this place your home, come in the door, swing for the fences, live spirit-filled, Make room for God because the world is going after people like hell in a handbasket and we need to amp up what we do as His people so that at least we can say, hey, the train running the opposite way still has plenty of room. I'm not going the way of the world. I'm going the opposite way, but I'd love you to jump on and go with us. So here's what I'd like to give you as a conclusion. Let's move forward with God. That's tough, I know. I tried to answer some questions. I would love it. If, if anything, you're troubled, you got more questions, text me. I'll call you. We'll go eat. We'll, 
We'll talk about it. I want to help you move forward. Let's all be relational. Let's all text people and call people, check on people, get in a group. Let's all live spirit-filled. And then let's make room for God. The 115 service launches the week after Easter. I need workers. I need people that will just say, hey, at least for six months, count me in. I'll do double duty until we can get everything. We're working now to get teams together. Our children's ministry, uh, the praise team is starting to work to get everybody on board to go. I'm just asking, pray and say to God, Lord, on a Sunday at the 50 feet of Believer's Church on Pope and Bomar, is there something I could do to pick up a chore, open a door, serve the nursery, help Miss Jennifer and Nessa? Is there something I could do, God, to help growth, to make room for growth so that we won't just go in circles, but we'll move forward? Amen?